Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, London is designed for us to live in the red. Uh, the way that the social system is set up, the way that um, that work is set up, the, how far we have to travel. Did you know that the average Londoner spends 61% of their income on rent? I mean, that's just, it's, it's designed for you to be in the deficit. I mean, if you can maintain a full-time job, um, you know, keep up with your friends and go to the gym, you're going to be in the red. Like, that's just, that's just the way that it is. And um, every second of our time is spent, and we will, never, we will never catch up. We're constantly compromising just to recover lost, lost sleep, just to, to get there two minutes beforehand, but actually we're not going to say hello to anyone when we're coming to church. We're just going to jump in, you know. And it's, um, there's something in that, that constant catch-up that we never get away from. I found that um, there are two gears in London and one of them is burnout and the other is isolation. And I'm going to be talking about those two things um, in a minute. But yeah, we, I, I feel like as I was just preparing um, for this yesterday, I was just thinking we really are living in a modern day Babylon. And we need to learn how to be Daniels. We need to learn how Jesus would have walked today. And speaking of Jesus, in, um, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, he says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. I'm just going to pray. Jesus, God, would you just make those words real? Would you teach us how to be Daniels? We just invite you into our, into our minds, into our hearts right now. Would you come and show us how to live from rest, how to give our burdens over to you? Would you teach us how to live freely and lightly in your presence, no matter what the circumstance? Amen. So personally, um, I've lived in London for the last five years and it has really kicked my butt. <laughs> oh man, it's definitely been like the hardest place I've lived. Um, and just last year alone, I moved six times. Um, just accommodation is so difficult. 
And particularly when, you know, you're not a teenager, when you're getting to that point of your life um, where lodging just feels like a violation. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, <laughs> towards the end, I was called to do many things. Being a lodger is not one of them. Um, but towards the end of last year, I was, was really burning out and I was very much in the deficit and running on red. And, um, and then I, had a very, I went away for a month to Australia and spent all of my time catching up with friends, serving family, traveling across the country. It was, it was a really big trip that didn't have any rest in it. And then I got back to London and was totally even more an empty than I was before. Um, and after we went to this conference in Nottingham and I heard this guy speak, I thought, I have a choice to make. I have a choice to make. I can listen to a great, a great message and go, yeah, that's amazing. And that can really resonate with me. And then I can just keep on going on in my life or I can make a change. And because um, I realized that I'd totally lost myself to busyness and hurry and people's expectations and my own expectations. I become completely disconnected from who I was and what I was doing here. You know, when you, you're, you're paying such a high price, but you can't remember why? It's like, why am I even doing this? What am I doing here? And not to mention that I had left my soul somewhere in 2019. I don't know what place it was at. It was probably in my storage container locker with some of my stuff. I don't know where it was, but it was, it was not with me. And um, so I made, I made a brave decision um, to make space for him. And um, my very compassionate bosses, front row here, um, <laughs> agreed for me to take a week off work, which I will tell you, I really had to get over my pride in order to ask for that because I'd just been away on holidays for a month. <laughs> Um, so it sounded like, you know, it was a bit of a bit of a stretch to be like, Do you know, I just need to take a week just to get in touch with myself. Um, but I knew that if I didn't do that, that I would just keep coasting on the red until I ran out. And um, so at the beginning of this week off, I decided that I wasn't going to um, be on Facebook, on any social media, got rid of all my apps that were soul destroying. Um, all my, all the things that I watched <laughs> on Netflix, I was just like, I'm not gonna watch any series or anything that I'm like addicted to. I'm just actually gonna dedicate this week to God. And I'm gonna, I'm going to really look into myself and just see where I'm at and try and find myself again. And honestly, like it was a really, it was a hard, hard week. Um, in this book, there's an amazing story about um, an explorer who goes into um, the jungle and he's like going somewhere and he hires some um, native people to, to help him take all of his stuff. And um, he, they, he, like, they, go, they go really far on the first day and then um, they camp for the night. And then the next day, he says to them, all right, come on, guys, we're going to get going. 
and there's no way he can move them. He can't bribe them, he can't, he can't get them to move. And their response to him was, we have to wait for our souls to catch up with us. And at the beginning of that week, I had the unnerving feeling of looking into myself and not seeing anything familiar. Not finding my joy or my dreams or my purpose, the things that I that that are just unique to me. I didn't find any of that. All I found was just a void, just numb, just disconnect. I didn't find the beautiful relationship that I have with God. I just found um, I just found nothing. And that was really disheartening. And I remember just crying out to God while sitting up against the radiator in my room, <laughs> just saying like, will, you know, will I ever be connected to my soul again? Like, will I ever be back? And um, about this time, so I was about four days into my retreat and, um, <laughs> and Steve messaged me and um, he said, oh, hey, George, I like, you know, we're just, just touching base, just love to hear how your week's going and, you know, like, what's God doing and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I said to him, <laughs> I said to him, if I could summarize my week so far in a meme, it would be this. <laughs> Right, so for the point of the podcast, we've got three women sitting on a tube. One of them is dressed up as a bride and she's bawling her eyes out. The other one is completely passed out, holding a box of pizza and the pizza has fallen on the floor. And my personal favourite is the gothic woman sitting in between these women who has a death stare transfixed onto the floor whilst holding a crow. Um, and the caption is, all of my personalities in one pic. <laughs> Classic. And um, I think it was later on this day, after I sent this, I was chatting to my housemate and I was saying to her, what do you do, like when, like when is introspection a good thing and a bad thing? Like I know that I'm supposed to be on this week of like looking into myself and so far, nothing's happened. And I'm just wondering, at what point does this become destructive? Like, at what point do you step away from being <laughs> the woman holding the crow? <laughs> and she said, when the voice you're listening to changes from being current to permanent. So an example of that would be, um, right now I'm not connected my, to myself versus... I will never be connected to myself again. And that, that was a moment in my week that just shifted things. And it was like immediately I knew which voice to listen to. And um, so from that point, God really started to open up to me where I was out of alignment with him. And what's really interesting is, this is just a side note, but... Um, in November, I threw out my back and had been on like literally 80 hours worth of flights with a thrown out back. It had been just driving me nuts for months. And it was on that fourth day that I went to the, I went to the osteo and got my back put back into place. <laughs> and, um, and that my housemate said that to me and I just felt like, 
final, that, that, that was my first moment of being like, I'm getting back into alignment. I'm, I'm finding the voice of God again. And um, anyway, so the first thing he started to speak to me about was this little cycle I had going in my life um, that I've affectionately called the cycle of destruction, <laughs> um, which is my next slide. Here we go. Amazing. Um, so he pointed out to me that I had a bit of a, um, this cycle going through actually all of my adult life, which is where I would give beyond my capacity. So I'd start in a place of burnout and just give, 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 give. And then I'd get to the point where I couldn't give anymore and I had to protect myself. And so I'd just go straight into isolation. I had to escape. And in that place, in escape, there are no friends. There are no, you were just in your room with your curtains closed, just with your Netflix account. That's, that's what isolation is. And then, but you know what, you can't get actually any of your needs met in that place. And so the quickest place to get to is destruction. Um, so <laughs> going into destruction and getting needs met and whatever that has looked like over the years, whether that's reaching out to the wrong people to connect with or just whatever is closest, you know, that's still the Netflix thing. It's still like, you know, I don't know, chocolate, ice cream, you name it. It's anything can be destruction. Um, and there was a time of my life when my destruction was a little bit um, more destructive, but... Anyway, yeah, <laughs> another talk for another time. Um, and the thing is, is when you're in this cycle, destruction feels powerful. It feels like the most, the most powerful way to escape the mundane burnout um, and isolation cycle. But even once you've blown up your life, you'll be left with the bitter reality that you are still here with all of your problems, just minus the things that you value. Destruction is a counterfeit freedom and it robs you of everything you've worked for and everything Jesus paid for. It is the biggest ripoff. It is such a ripoff. And, um, and I just, God just so opened up my eyes as to how I've been holding on to this escape destruction as an idol. I've been running to that instead of running into his presence. And he didn't give me a cycle of life, um, which I was expecting. I was thinking it'd be really great if he now gives me a cycle of the opposite of destruction. But he gave me something different instead. Um, so the next day I was in a cafe and um, I was just journaling, reading my Bible, listening to some music. And he said, I want, Georgia, I want you to draw your capacity. And so in my journal, I just drew a picture of a circle, my capacity. And he said, I just want you to sit here for a moment and just, just feel out what this feels like. He's just like, what does this feel like? And I said, it feels really happy. And so I drew a smiley face. And, um, and then he said to me, okay, now draw what you've been giving. And um, immediately, <laughs> I started to feel a bit anxious. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I'm really, really giving way outside of my capacity. And he was like, okay, I want to draw you back into the capacity. And so he said, now, I want you to start coming up with, like, just start writing out some words um, from that capacity circle, what's inside of that circle. 
so I started to um, just write these words, fulfillment, fun, creativity, purpose, joy, love, hope, balance, clarity, dreams. And that just felt like, oh my gosh, this is the source of life. This is where the life is, yes. And then God was like, okay, now I want you to go to the bigger circle and I want you to write out some words of, of what comes from that big circle. And so, oh guys, these are the hard words. Numb, bitter, resentful, bored out of my brains, angry, exhausted, impatient, can't prioritize, isolated. And this was, I mean, oh man, I just, this, that, that, was, that has been my reality. I haven't been at all connected to that top part. It's just been the reality. And um, there, are lots of, there, are, there are lots of names for that outer circle. Um, some of them are burnout, people-pleasing, fear of man, keeping the peace, trying to stay in control, obligation, um, but for tonight, I've called the, the big circle autopilot. There we go. And I'm going to come back to that. But um, basically, when I was sitting in that cafe, I looked at everything that God was speaking to me about. And then I opened my Bible. And um, the scripture that I just happened to be up to reading was in 2 Corinthians 8.12. And it says, if you're really eager to give, then it's important how much you have to give. God wants you to give what you have, not what you haven't. And the Holy Spirit just hit me in this. I had no idea that God wanted me to live in my capacity, that he wanted me to live in that, in that inner circle, that he didn't want me to... To, to be in that outer circle, pushing myself to do all of this stuff. I, I just didn't realize how invested he was in my emotional health until that moment. Autopilot is the biggest consumer and waster of our time. It takes away our ability to prioritize and recognize what is important and leaves us powerless. I, um, I have this um, analogy. It's a sporting one. It comes very naturally to me. <laughs> and it's of, just say you've got the tennis court of life and um, you have the choice on whether or not you get to be the ball or the player. And the big circle, that's living the life of the ball. You don't get to say where you're going, you were just hit there. You don't get to, get to say how high or how far or how wide you go. You just get put wherever, you're, where, wherever the player puts you. But God didn't design us that way. He designed us to have authority and he designed us to fight for what was important and he designed us to, to be in relationship with him and to live from that place, not to just be like, not just, not just to be a ball that's just been whacked around the court of life just on everybody else's terms because we can never, we can never live up to that. There's never going to be fulfillment in that life. 
And if we don't get intentional about the way that we're living, then autoplay, the next episode is going to rule our lives. Because the really scary thing about living in auto in um, autopilot is that it just keeps going. It's like when you're watching a series on Netflix, it's just like autoplay the next episode, autoplay the next episode. You never get out of that. And then, and then once you do get out of it, you need to go to another one just to fill the space because that just is what becomes normal. And I just feel like, guys, God wants to wake us up. He wants to wake us up out of this zombie-like life that we're living, of just, of just going through, not connecting, not being at one with ourselves or with him. He wants to wake us up out of this. So what I've done since in the last week, so this is all very new, um, is that I've put boundaries in with my social media. Um, I have reassessed where I'm putting my time. I've looked at my, I've looked at my work. I've looked at my personal life. I've looked at everything. And I, and I would just say, on the, this might come as a shock, but on the Myers-Briggs, I'm a very high P. Um, which means that I don't like a lot of uh, structure. I feel quite confined by it. I feel controlled. But what I've realised is that actually if I'm a player, then I get to choose the structure. And you know what that means? I can plan things that are fun. I didn't realise that. I thought that plans were just for obligations, things that you didn't want to do. And how I was, I lived, I lived my life all of last year just doing what I had to do and then cancelling fun. Because fun is easy to cancel. The things that you actually want to do, so easy to cancel because you're not letting anyone down. Um, no one is relying on you. And, but the things that people rely on you for, you've got to do those. Lie. So... <laughs> What's incredible, like, so, um, guys, can I just say, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 8 is the most incredible chapter on giving um, and capacity. So I encourage you to read the whole thing. Um, but basically, Paul is talking about the Macedonians and how they are in total poverty. And But what they did was they joined their poverty to their joy and that they gave um, out of the overflow and can we go back to the screen of the, um, of, yes. The overflow doesn't come from autopilot. It comes from the capacity. So later on in the chapter, um, Paul says, God doesn't want you to give what you don't have. But that doesn't mean you can't give the overflow. That doesn't, that doesn't put a limit of what you can give because you can actually give more when you're in your capacity because that is where you're connected to God. That is where you have all these amazing things like fulfillment and creativity and vision and passion. And we need to protect that circle, guys. And um, just on a side note, since at the end of my week, I've been working on a project, a creative project, for years and have just been coming up against brick wall, brick wall, brick wall with it. And I sat down on the last night and it just opened up to me like nothing else. And it was like, I'm back. I've got my creativity back. And it was just the most beautiful moment. It was the most beautiful moment. So um, if there's anyone who's creative here in the room, 
I want you just to, well, everybody in the room, but particularly for the creatives, like you need to have a look at your life, see where you're spending your time and, and figure out what that, what's inside of that capacity circle. And creativity is just going to soar out of you. One of, the, one of the things I'm learning from this book is the difference between isolation and solitude. I am an outgoing introvert, or an, I don't know, the opposite of that. And um, I need a lot of alone time. And so isolation for me is a bit, can be a little bit of a kryptonite. It's something that I reach out for. It's something that I, it is a bit of a go-to for me. And, but solitude, is a completely different thing, but it kind of looks the same. Solitude really requires effort. It requires us putting something into ourselves, not just zoning out and being numb. And um, there's some great quotes uh, from this book. Loneliness is inner emptiness, but solitude is inner fulfillment. Solitude um, engages us, but isolation is an escape. And so if we can learn what that, that difference between solitude and isolation, I feel like that's a real key to actually living above our circumstances in London. And we need to partner with, with God in staying inside this circle to ensure the locus of the autopilot doesn't steal what God has given us. I think something that is really countercultural um, in our society is asking for help. And often we will need help here. This is like the first point that we will need help. And we need help but we're not saying anything and we just keep on going. There's the shame of needing help. There's the, I should be able to do this on my own. I don't want to fail. All of this stuff just keeps us um, isolated from the help that we need. And guys, this line is a long line. You can go needing help for years, like years and years. But soon enough, you're going to reach the point of desperation where you actually can't go any further. And the line of desperation to break down is short. And a lot of people, when they get into desperation, then they put up their hand. But what's really frustrating is then you start having all these initial conversations about help that you should have had back here. And it's like, no, no, I'm at the end. But I feel like if we can connect into help, um, then that is... And we, can and we can get around each other and we can, can create community around us, then that is something that will transform our experience, especially in London. Because our community is so disconnected. Do you ever find that you're having a coffee with someone over here and then travelling nine miles to see someone else over there just to tell that person what you told that person? Community is, is so disjointed. And so that's why we need spaces like this and that's why we need to be able to put up our hands and say, hey, I need help. On the, on the first day of my um, retreat, 
I, where I always go um, when I'm like at the end of myself is Richmond. And people always say, oh my gosh, I love Richmond Park. And I'm like, oh no, I go to the sh where the shops are. I go to Richmond, Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> go to Anthropology, check out Zara Home. <laughs> anyway, I really felt drawn to going to Waterstones. And um, they had this, when, when I'm kind of a, a bit emotional, I'm really susceptible to mar good marketing. And they had this beautiful display of this book. It was like their book of the week or book of the month or whatever it was. And it's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. And it's a children's narrative um, that is so transformative. I, I literally, I just picked it up and I just thought, oh, I'm just going to take this over um, to the corner and read it. And guys, I didn't have any tissues, so it was just all snot and sleeves. <laughs> I just, I just sat there and just wept reading this book as God just um, ministered to me. But there's a couple of um, pages that I'd just like to read out to you that will come up on the screen. And this is the dialogue between the boy and the horse. What is the bravest thing you've ever said, asked the boy. Help, said the horse. Next slide. When have you been at your strongest, asked the boy, when I've dared to show my weakness? Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It is refusing to give up. Um, SP is just going to... Um, sing a song over us that he wrote a couple of weeks ago. And um, God is really shaking us all up over this topic. And as we fight to find our capacity circle and draw into, close into his presence. And um, I just really felt like tonight that I wanted to create an environment where we could stop and where we could listen and where we could just respond to God's voice. And so we're just going to listen to this song. And um, I just wanted to share that there was, I think it was the second last day of my, of my um, retreat. Um, I woke up one morning to the picture of Jesus coming into my room and filling this like basket up and then leaving and then coming back and filling this basket up and then leaving and I was like Jesus hey Jesus what are you doing and he was like I'm I'm taking all the burdens off you and as he said that I just started to feel lighter and lighter every time he came in and took something off that wasn't mine that he was supposed to carry, whether it be my work or my family or the people I love or things I can't control. He was just coming in and just releasing me from them. So if you'd like to close your eyes, keep them open, whatever you wanna do, we're just gonna listen to this song
And Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now just to speak to us. Would you show us where we need to change, where we get to change, where we get to be free? on me small and great things are oh I see your pain and Just cast those cares on me My yoke is easy My load is light My ways are gentle Take your fright. I'll take your trouble. Just come. Around. 
just coming by oh, all those burdens you carry come and trade them in for peace heavy laden and weary oh I have the Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers. 